Welcome to the Adlaw Access Podcast. My name is Paul Rosenthal, and I'm a partner in the Kelly, Dry, and Warren litigation group. The new Supreme Court term is underway, and for the second straight term and second time in 2020, the court will address a legal issue under the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. On December 8, 2020, the justices will hear argument in the case of Facebook versus DeGuid, which is expected to resolve a wide circuit split regarding the definition of an automatic telephone dialing system. Our goal today is to provide some background on where things stand with the TCPA, level set on the current status of the ATDS definition, and lay out some of the potential implications for the court's ruling. As I said, the Supreme Court has already dug in on the TCPA this year. As regular followers of our Adlaw Access blog and TCPA tracker will know, at the close of the last term in July 2020, the Supreme Court issued its decision in Barr versus American Association of Political Consultants. In Barr, the court addressed the constitutionality of the TCPA. Specifically, it reviewed a Fourth Circuit case where the defendant caller had challenged the TCPA as unconstitutional under the First Amendment because it restricted speech on the basis of content and fails strict scrutiny. The trigger for the argument was that in 2015, Congress had added an exception to the TCPA that granted permission for calls without prior consent made in connection with a government-backed debt, but did not provide the same permission for other debts. The court agreed that the government debt exception was unconstitutional and must be struck, but the court otherwise found the remainder of the TCPA was valid and could live on after the offending exception was severed. The justices took several different paths to that result, though through a series of concurring and partially dissenting opinions. Ultimately, seven justices agreed that severance of the government debt exception was the proper remedy, while only two, Justices Gorsuch and Thomas, argued that the entire TCPA should have been struck down as an improper content-based restriction. The Barr decision has had only limited obvious impact on the TCPA docket thus far. Over the last few months, at least two district courts have relied upon the Barr decision to strike down putative class action claims focused on calls that occurred during the period when the government debt exception was part of the law. Reasoning that the TCPA was unconstitutional during the period from 2015 to July 2020, Judge Martin Feldman of the Eastern District of Louisiana found that district courts lacked subject matter jurisdiction to hear claims alleging violations of the TCPA during that window of time. On October 29th, a district court in the Northern District of Ohio granted a defendant's motion to dismiss a putative class action on the same logic. More significantly, just three days after the Barr decision was published, the petition for review of DeGuid was granted. This case has significant potential implications. Since July, a number of trial and appellate court cases have been stayed as parties and practitioners wait for the Supreme Court to bridge the wide circuit split that exists. The starting point for any discussion of this issue is understanding the different definitions for an ATDS. Originally passed in 1991, the TCPA defines an automatic telephone dialing system as equipment that has the capacity, A, to store or produce telephone numbers to be called using a random or sequential number generator, and B, to dial such numbers. Over the years, the FCC had expanded its interpretation of the definition of an ATDS to include predictive dialers and any equipment that called from a list of numbers. But in March 2018, the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit issued its opinion in ACA International versus FCC that set aside the FCC's definition as overbroad. 
The court found that the FCC's definition potentially encompassed every smartphone on the market, which was unreasonably overbroad. The DC circuit seemed to reject the inclusion of any predictive dialer within the definition of an ATDS. But the DC circuit did not provide clear guidance on the appropriate definition going forward, thus leaving an open question. The FCC has issued multiple requests for comment, but has not spoken on the definition of an ATDS since ACA International. And the courts have taken varied approaches to the issue. Just three months after ACA International, the Third Circuit issued its decision in Dominguez versus Yahoo. The court implicitly recognized that to be an ATDS, the technology must have the ability to generate random or sequential telephone numbers. In the days before smartphones, the Yahoo system was designed to send text alerts to email subscribers with a notification that they had a new email. All of the numbers texted came from the email subscribers themselves and not through random or sequential generation. So it was undisputed that Yahoo's proprietary texting platform did not have the capacity to generate random or sequential numbers and dial them. Thus, the court affirmed summary judgment for defendant Yahoo. In September 2018, the Ninth Circuit issued its decision in Marx versus Crunch San Diego, laying out the opposing position. Marx similarly involved text messages, this time sent to current and prospective Crunch Gym members. The Ninth Circuit's opinion is much broader, defining an ATDS as any system that can dial numbers from a stored list or be produced using a random or sequential number generator. That standard includes any predictive dialing system that called numbers from a stored list. It is the Ninth Circuit standard from Marx that's at issue in Facebook versus Deguid and to which we will return shortly. For over a year, the two poles of the debate developed amongst district courts. On the one hand, there were the courts that took a narrower view and focused on how telephone numbers were generated or put differently, how they were added to a list to be called. That approach found that technology targeting specific groups of customers or prospects were not being randomly generated and therefore did not meet the definition of an ATDS. On the other hand, were the courts applying a more expansive definition. Those courts looked at how the numbers are actually dialed. Thus, even if a company is calling from a specifically cultivated list of numbers, if the system could dial those numbers in random or sequential order from the list, it would qualify as an ATDS. After a year of development by the district courts controlling the narrative, three circuit courts weighed in over the span of 10 weeks in early 2020. On January 27th, the 11th Circuit held that the capacity to randomly or sequentially dial numbers from a stored list was not enough to qualify as an ATDS. The court in Glasser versus Hilton Grand Vacations found that for any technology to qualify as an ATDS, even a predictive dialer, it must be able to generate telephone numbers randomly or sequentially. On February 19th, the Seventh Circuit followed a similar line of reasoning in Gattelhawk versus AT&T services, holding that the phrase using a random or sequential number generator in the TCPA modifies both store and produce in the definition of an ATDS. Thus, technology that dials from a list, including using predictive dialing methods, is not sufficient to qualify as an ATDS under the TCPA. Perhaps the most significant implication of the Gattelhawk decision is its author. The decision was written by then Judge Amy Coney Barrett, who has since been nominated and seated as an Associate Justice on the Supreme Court. Given the position that Justice Barrett has already staked out on this question, this case could be an opportunity to see how much influence the most junior justice may have on a topic she has previously ruled upon. 
After Gadahawk, many thought there was a trend developing and wave of more restrictive definitions that would overtake the landscape, with just the Ninth Circuit going broader. But that assessment changed over the spring and summer of 2020. On April 7th, the Second Circuit issued its decision in Duran versus Laboom Disco. Duran again focused on a company sending text messages to its existing and prospective customers. Mr. Duran alleged having received over 300 text messages from the defendant nightclub. The court held that a dialing system can be an ATDS if it can store numbers, even if those numbers are generated elsewhere, including by a non-random or non-sequential number generator, such as a person. So even if a person put together a list of customer telephone numbers for dialing, that is irrelevant if the numbers are then loaded to a list for calling. The Second Circuit went on to find that clicking send does not require enough human intervention to turn an automatic dialing system into a non-automatic one, where the system provided the ability to send the same text to hundreds of recipients simultaneously. That definition for human intervention is arguably even broader than what had been set forth by the Ninth Circuit in Marx. With the Supreme Court having agreed to take up the issue in July, most appeals were stayed by the circuit courts, including some sua sponte. So it was somewhat surprising when three weeks after the cert grant, the Sixth Circuit issued an opinion on the definition of an ATDS. In Allen versus Pennsylvania Higher Education Assistance Agency, the Sixth Circuit adopted the broad definition of an autodialer. The Sixth Circuit concluded that a predictive dialer or system that dials from a stored list could qualify as an ATDS under the TCPA. The Sixth Circuit aligned itself with the Second and Ninth Circuits, leaving the six circuits that have ruled evenly split on the question. With six circuits having weighed in, there remains a complete lack of clarity. Owing at least in part to this split, district courts over the last two years have taken various and sometimes inconsistent approaches. Even within the same circuit, decisions can differ significantly on the definition of an ATDS under the TCPA. That is especially so when the technology at issue is a predictive dialer. Which brings us to the case pending before the Supreme Court. Mr. DeGewitt is not a Facebook customer and alleges that he received repeated login notification text messages from the social media platform. Plaintiff's original complaint was filed in the Northern District of California in March 2015 and dismissed without prejudice for failure to properly allege that an ATDS was used to send the text at issue. In his amended complaint, DeGue had added factual allegations that Facebook used an ATDS by maintaining a database of numbers on its computer and transmitting text message alerts to selected numbers from its database using an automated protocol. Facebook again moved to dismiss DeGue's allegations, arguing that the TCPA was unconstitutional and that plaintiff failed to plead the issue of an ATDS. On February 16, 2017, 18 months before the Marks decision, the district court granted Facebook's motion to dismiss, finding the ATDS allegations were insufficient. The court reasoned that DeGuid's ATDS allegations strongly suggested direct targeting rather than random or sequential dialing, which did not indicate the use of an ATDS. When the appeal was finally decided by the Ninth Circuit in June 2019, the appellate court applied the Marks standard and reversed the lower court's dismissal. Having already resolved the constitutional challenge, the question before the Supreme Court in this appeal is whether the definition of ATDS in the TCPA encompasses any device that can store and automatically dial telephone numbers, even if the device does not use a random or sequential generator. The Supreme Court's resolution of this circuit split 
has the potential to forever change business communications by making it more or less difficult for businesses to reach their customers. How the Supreme Court addresses this question could affect the methods businesses use to provide notifications and reminders to customers, as well as how they obtain new customers and collect debts. And it certainly could have a material impact on the future of the large nationwide docket of TCPA litigation. Regardless of how the court rules, TCPA litigation is expected to live on, including based on the use of pre-recorded voice messages and for calls made to numbers on the National Do Not Call Registry. It also remains possible that the court's decision leaves room for, or results in, changes to the legal or regulatory framework that controls telemarketing. It is also important to note that while many states use definitions that mirror the TCPA on the ATDS question, there are some states that have charted their own path. Anyone making calls to consumers must be aware of the controlling requirements and have procedures in place to ensure compliance. As a practical matter, telemarketers and companies relying on telemarketers should continue to emphasize best practices and risk mitigation efforts to avoid ever needing to get mired in this debate. In particular, companies should remain vigilant regarding ensuring that the appropriate level of consent is obtained for any calls and making sure they are adhering to the relevant state and federal regulations for the calls being placed. The court's oral argument is scheduled for December 8th with a decision expected within the next six months. During that time, the questions asked and positions argued will be the subject of further analysis on our AdLaw Access blog shortly after the hearing. If you have any questions or concerns about the technology that you're using or your particular telemarketing procedures, our team of compliance and litigation specialists would be happy to talk through your practices or campaign and offer practical feedback and evaluation of the potential risks on this quickly evolving topic. Thank you.